0: Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 333 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, I have a special guest and we're gonna talk about the solution to bad line calls and tennis and not only is the technology that he's working on the solution to bad line calls but also goes a tremendously long ways towards making instruction and drilling and practice and training and development much more uh, effective and much more objective, and much more measurable. And I, I love it when people take technology and tennis and mix it together. And that's exactly what we have with today's guest. And two quick things before we get to the interview. Number one, this is a sponsored episode by AccuTennis. And Adam is the CEO of AccuTennis. And the only reason, this is thing number two, the only reason why I'm bringing him to you and letting you know about AccuTennis Is because I believe so strongly in what he's working on and what his team is working on. The technology they're putting together is incredible, and I'm just really excited anytime somebody starts to bring new solutions to the table using technology and helping tennis players improve faster. So without further ado, here's my interview with Adam Scher. With me on the show today is CEO of AccuTennis, Adam Scher. Adam, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thanks, Ian. I'm excited to be here, and uh, we had a great time uh, when you came out a few weeks ago. It's great to talk to you again.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate the invitation to, to have us come out. We enjoyed ourselves very much, and it was really cool to get a chance to kind of test drive the Tennis system a little bit. For For people at home listening right now, can you give us a kind of 30,000-foot view? what What is AccuTennis, and why is it important for amateur athletes and coaches alike?
1: Sure. AccuTennis is a camera system that you install on a court, and it gives you real-time feedback through... LED displays and speakers that are positioned on the court for anything you might want to do, whether it's inventing a game, going through a a deliberate set of drills, or officiating a match. So it's fun for all levels, and, and we particularly are focused on the casual and club player because that's where most of tennis happens. And also, we think we can have the biggest impact. Um, and the way we do that is trying to maximize the the value and the engagement while the players are on the court um, through live feedback.
0: Awesome. In the <laughs> throughout the twenty first century, it seems like in, integration of technology into everything has just been the way the whole world has moved. It's gone to smartphones and smart TVs and smart, like, refrigerators, and I feel like this is just kind of the natural evolution of that in creating a smart tennis court. Was that kind of your vision from the from the outset, or what, what was that really drove you to to create this technology?
1: Yeah, it's been an evolution. So, I have two partners, um, Dave Clevon and Andy Hatstadt, and they're really the technical brains and genius behind this. And so, Dave and myself are tennis players, but Dave has a son who actually has a future in tennis. Um, and the rest of us are kind of never wases. <laughs> and, and um, you know, Dave's son is a competitive junior player. And, you know, as many people know, there's a lot of lessons in travel and tournament play involved. And, and if you're really trying to optimize that, you need a way of objectively measuring the training and then analyzing it and then incorporating that feedback into your training. So what that involves involved then and for the most part is what many people still do is manual tracking. So either documenting in an Excel sheet or on a piece of paper, my partner would track his son's matches or in practices or, tr- or pay the coach to do it. So you can imagine that's tedious, time-consuming um, inefficient and if you're having the coach do it very expensive and being an engineer he thought there's got to be a better way and so he we he went about building a prototype to automate um, tracking and analysis and and what what came out of that in um, inadvertently is that you could put on Um, a display and speakers and actually get feedback for what's going on in real time so you can create a drill and and see how successful you are at doing it and it turns out that this has been sort of where different players of age groups and skill levels um, as well as the coaches responded to and it's a it's importance that the system is accurate and provides the correct tracking and analysis. But for most people, they pay attention to what the coach says on the court or what's going on with tennis while they're on the court. Sure. Um, and when they're off the court, they have other things to focus on in their lives.
0: Yeah. And what really the main reason why I thought this would be a absolute perfect fit for my podcast audience to hear about is the the instant feedback along with the tracking and the kind of the historical data aspect of it the The listeners of this show are super passionate about leading their own improvement journey, learning how they can take that next step forwards and when I was there with you. On the court, and we did a couple of drills together. One was a, a ground stroke drill, where the system was measuring our our depth, and the other one was a serve drill, where we were trying to hit different targets with our with our serve, uh, both individually and then sequentially across the the service boxes. That's the that's the kind of thing that, as you mentioned, typically an amateur athlete has to rely on a coach to facilitate those types of experiences and has to rely on a coach to give them the feedback of whether they're doing a good job or there's room for improvement. And I think the the whole idea of having this, this rich data set of how did I do today? Where can I improve? Where, where are my opportunities without even needing a coach or supplementing a coach? I think it's really exciting to me, and uh, would be exciting to all my listeners as well. Can you give us a few examples of how that works in in, in real life with AcuTennis?
1: Yeah. So one, the the primary example for self directed learning is that we have pre pre made curriculum that's available to the clubs where AcuTennis is installed at, and it's. Developed by teach, teaching pros uh, who focus on different things from from pre-tennis ages, you know, four to eight, to um, to people who are old enough um, across all age levels um, and across skill levels to improve. And it's it's structured, you know, to similar to how other online um, and classroom-based um, learning is done. You have you know a multiple week Package of of sessions with outcomes. So the outcome, maybe for um, you know a three o club player, is to get more depth on the ball. And so the so over the next <laughs> six weeks or so, the these drills will take you through how how to accomplish that. And where I think it's a, a nice complement to what you do is that it. There, there's two components, and one thing you do such a great job of focusing on is the, is the production of the stroke, and then, and one thing tennis really focus it focuses on is then the second part of that is is how the outcome is measured, and I sure. think by addressing both of those, the players can really get a good sense of how to, you know, how to strike the ball. I think you you just had a video come out where you're talking about to not be sort of a slave to a particular technique. And that at the end of the day, you're looking to accomplish something, usually win the point. So, you know, in AccuTennis, we help you focus on outcomes and, and sort of stay engaged that way.
0: So let's talk about the, that kind of outcome tracking and what exactly, what kind of data specifically is AccuTennis going to give me? Is it where the ball is landing or speed or spin or what, what kind of information are we able to track in, in real time on an AccuTennis court?
1: Yeah, so ball location is the primary source of feedback and that that's, for most people, you know, sufficient because, as you know, you're trying to minimize the things you're paying attention to and thinking about so you can focus on one thing and get better. So So primarily, ball location is is a big source of feedback in addition to that you can quickly look at other aspects of your shots such as a video replay um, and speed as well and also spin and sorry spin speed and net
0: clearance awesome and then how how do those fit in? Can you give us an example of you mentioned Different curriculum or programs that can help develop different parts of the game. Can you maybe give us one example of that having to do with a, a specific part of a player's skill set? Yeah.
1: So, one, obviously, consistency. I think all of us feel that can improve. So, you can start with a basic consistency drill that is, you and a partner, our goal is to hit 50 balls in a row. In a five-minute time period, and some um, you may, and then you'll see your average shot speed and depth. And at, at first, you're just trying to do it, so you may play, you know, with more margin of error. And then the second iteration of that may challenge you to have, you know, achieve that in three minutes. And another iteration may challenge you to achieve that in only balls that go past a certain part of the court. The service line, for example, count, and then you have and then you can add all those things together, so you start with one is just accomplishing hitting the ball over the net many times in a row and then it and then that works in doing that more efficiently, which is sooner and doing it more accurately, which is doing parts of the court
0: awesome and then what what I one of the things that really kind of made my brain click and I felt like there'd just be a tremendous value there was when we took a break for lunch went upstairs and then you opened or or, I think you just had an iPad or one of us had a, a laptop I can't remember which but we logged in really quick took a look at my profile and all the data from the drills that we did and the points that we played and everything was all there already along with clips of individual shots and points and Number one, the fact that it was just all there immediately kind of blew me away. But number two, it made me realize, wow, if I had like weeks or months or, you know, years of developmental tracking with that kind of detail, I feel like it would be super powerful for just to arm the everyday player with information about how they're progressing or where they're not progressing. How Can you talk to us a little bit about that, that side of it, the, the kind of the member portal and the, the access to the data?
1: Yes. So every, everything you're doing has to be tracked; otherwise, we're not able to give you feedback. So the system is is watching where you're moving onto the court and and where the balls are going, and it's recording it, slicing it into shot clips, and then annotating what you did. So in near real time, all of that is synchronized to the player's profile and is made immediately accessible. And so what's nice is it creates a way of of tracking your progress and and I think most importantly, creating a bit of accountability. I think when you're in the lesson, um, and I still take lessons, it is often frustrating while you're there to really feel the progress sure. um, while you're in the lesson, and and even over you know multiple weeks. But by by having this this tracked and sorted and easily readily presented you can see the objective measurement that y- you are, in fact, improving, whether it's you're able to you know, serve more precisely, and that can be reflected by the average time to complete, a dr- to complete a drill goes down, or that you've progressed and you're in week 10 or 11, and the things you're doing that week are... You wouldn't have been able to k- even complete the drill at the end of the first week. So I think that's something that gets lost in the lesson that the coach kind of levels you up and it's a little bit unspoken and implied. Sure. And so everything seems challenging. But in fact, if you went back and did what you did in week one, it would seem like foolishly easy. So to having it presented in this way with your progress is a good reminder you know, that you are in fact getting better um, and can be fun to look at that too.
0: Yeah, I love the word accountability there, Adam. I think it's really easy, speaking as a player and then also as a coach, somebody who spent a tremendous amount of time on the court trying to help other players get better, I think it's really easy to kind of go through the motions sometimes. And, and sure, you're hitting a lot of balls and you're working hard, but when there's no specificity about you know what is the outcome we're actually trying to achieve here – it's it's easy sometimes for players i think especially in a club setting to kind of fall into a little bit of a rut of just kind of doing the same thing day after day and without any of that data without any of that that objective feedback um it's it's hard sometimes to really tell like am i moving in the right direction so does that kind of does that resonate with you and and how, how do you kind of view that within the the AccuTennis, uh way of of experiencing the game? Yeah,
1: it absolutely does, and there's there's two concepts that we try to weave into this to help create something that's enjoyable and more effective. One is um, changing it up, and I think I've read the most about this in the in the weightlifting community that if you do the same. Like circuit of exercises, you get good at that, mm. and you feel accomplished, but then you adapt to it sure and you you set a plateau for yourself. so I think in tennis, if you're just used to going on autopilot and you have your warm up and you hit up the middle, and then the pro comes to the net, or the pro brings you to the net and is feeding you volleys, and then you do overheads, and then you end you know with some practice serves against the pro, you know you're sweating and you work hard and you're tired. But you, your body adapts to that, and you have to mix it up, and, or, you, or you do plateau. And the second part of that, which ties into it, is creating deli- deliberate practice, and, and that's where having more of a structure around the training over multiple weeks really fits in. So it, it, it forces you to pay more attention to what you're doing in your hour lesson, uh, and then because it's being tracked, you're able to see over that multi-week period, you know, how that progression actually goes. So if you met for the outcomes you were hoping for at the beginning.
0: Awesome. I I just, I really appreciate and love the fact that you guys are thinking that deeply and that detailed about it. And it's not just some gizmo or fancy technology, you know, doodad that you know sure it's cool that it calls the lines and tells you where your, the shots are landing and all that kind of stuff but the the thought and intention behind the actual development of a player i think is something that really me- makes you guys unique and a, a big reason why i was excited to work with you guys and and so i think that part of it is really fantastic can you can you talk a little bit about the the curriculum side of things when we were speaking i, I know you were talking about how you're vetting and really choosing where the lessons and the plans are, are coming from. What, how have you gone about that, that process?
1: So we have sort of in our staff, someone who's a a PTR and USPTA coach, and she's done a lot of development across age groups and skill levels. And so we, we work with her to develop different packages. And then that's sort of the baseline. Of what anyone you know with AccuTennis tennis can access, and then above that we have a partnership with Judy Murray and her Miss hits program to get girls into tennis and it's it's a pre tennis program that spans six to twelve weeks that you get on court and off court training and and so we're adapting that to be also delivered through accu tennis so it's really w- working with coaches who've spent. A lot of time and and focus a lot of their energies on on figuring out how to engage um, and get people sort of sucked into the game um, and bring progress every time they're on the court. So it's so that's and then there's other we continue to find other people whose focus is coaching and we want to work with them to offer. You know their approach to tennis that's been successful um, through our system and try to d- democratize
0: that. Awesome. I love it. I, I love that you guys are taking that seriously. Uh, let, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the, the match scoring side of things. Cause I know that's another, and from my understanding, your, your first kind of most important focus is really on the the drills and the, the player development side of things. But another huge feature of this system is, is match play. And I I know you're working hard to get it approved for, for sanctioned competition. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about how it works to, to help players have a a better experience within matches?
1: Yeah. So I think anyone who's played match play has experienced bad line calls, whether it's malicious or not.
0: What? Nobody ever makes bad line calls.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not right. You must be in a better league than I am. So, So what? So there's a yeah, there's a couple things, that, and I actually play a lot of competitive tennis still, and I find the most I actually often forget where we are in the match, and and it's some and it was usually in every match I play, someone asks what the score is, whether it's the game score or the set score. So I actually think the best use of automated line calling is just so you don't have to think about it, uh, and then second. Secondarily to that, and, and this is probably a bigger issue at like, the junior and collegiate level, is is creating objective line calling. Because I, I do know that's an issue and I read that there's a huge attrition of junior players after they play their first tournament and awesome. line calling is a big reason for that. So if we can do something that gets approved uh, by the USCA and ITF and ITA that can help bring more objectivity to that aspect of the sport, that is going to be a big boom. Uh, and it's, it's basically like a default feature of our system because in order to provide sort of the accurate and reliable uh, information in games and in training, like the, that match level capability and accuracy has to be there.
0: Yeah, and you, you and I played some point play. We we played a couple of tiebreakers. We did a, a little bit of set play, and yeah. the way you described it, uh, and good playing by the way, uh, the the way you described it on the court, I think was a perfect way of encapsulating it. And that was you, you said it's kind of like having a, a chair umpire, or, or or maybe it was you said uh, it's like playing on center court. and and you have a a chair umpire. And I instantly kind of had that experience of realizing that I didn't have to focus so hard anymore on everything. I I didn't, I didn't have to keep track of the points. I didn't have to keep track of the line calls. It was kind of a weird sensation to realize that I could just focus on just hitting good tennis shots. Does does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it's, it makes a lot of sense. And it, it's actually, I think, a uh, an advantage you don't realize sort of the higher level players have is, is even keeping track of score um, and, and knowing you have to pay really close attention to a line call is, is mentally taxing. And yeah. when you're making quick decisions under stress, you the amount of processing you do is is precious. And if you're losing capacity to call it like administrative tennis tasks, like scorekeeping and line calls, that reduces your capacity to be in the moment and and focus on, you know, the the other, the things you really need to be doing. So if you can take that away, yeah, I do think it's freeing.
0: Yeah, I I experienced that. It was actually really unique. I've never... I, I've never played a match that was important enough that that there was a, a chair umpire, so it was it was a new uh, feeling for me, and I totally felt a like a, a weight lifted off mentally. And now that you're you're describing it, I it, something random just connected in my head. Are you familiar with the concept of decision fatigue, Adam? Yes. So, uh that totally makes sense to me from like a mental taxing basically the, the gist of that concept for everybody listening is researchers have suggested that we only have a certain amount of cognitive energy per day when it comes to making choices. And, and you can either use it up very, very quickly or you can kind of spread it out uh, and be a little bit more conscious about how you use that. It's a, it's a limited resource, And, you know, it's not something where we can just make unlimited good decisions uh, in any given, you know, time period. So it seems to me that if that stands true within a tennis environment, think about all the decisions we're having to make between, like you're saying, the, the focusing on the line calls, deciding if I'm going to call this in or out. Uh, making the decision about tactics and patterns and maybe changing your strategy up based on the point scenario and the game scenario. Yeah, all that, I think you use the word precious, it's that bandwidth, that mental bandwidth is is critical, isn't it?
1: It is. And, and in, in the lesson setting, you guys made like a great parody video that is <laughs> really, hits the nail on the head with the coach who's feeding balls and just, at a million miles an hour, delivering a hundred different suggestions of improvement. And that really hits the nail on the head on sort of providing too much information and giving players like more than they can handle and take action on. Because you only, you know, if you hit a shot, you have a second to do things and you need to prepare yourself to do it. And you may be able to focus on, one thing probably not more than that Mm. so if you're distracted with other other things whether your coach gave you five things to focus on it's your your legs and your racket position and where your eyes are and then and you're adding where the ball is in terms of in or out it's you're never even going to get to producing the right shot
0: absolutely so talk to us a little bit about the technology Adam cuz it all you know at this point everybody who's listening this all sounds fantastic and and of course it would be great to to have an automated you know basically artificial intelligence like guiding us through our lessons and our our training uh sessions on the courts and our matches and our, our competition it sounds like it probably Cost tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars what's what what is made up of the technology on the on the hardware side of things and the software side of things and what what does this cost a player or a facility to be able to actually install?
1: Yep, that's important. so we we sell it to facilities um, unless you're a, a lucky enough person to have your own private court and we'd be happy to sell it to you and if you have a single if you want to have it on a single court it's it's five hundred a court and then if if you buy multiple ones per month it's it's less than that and so five hundred
0: is uh, is monthly right it's a subscription
1: correct correct and then there's a smaller there's a small implementation fee because we provide a lot of um, support leading up to the installation and go live of the product and we think that's it's an affordable price point and the way we arrived at that is um, consulting with a lot of tennis directors and club owners about how they run their operations in their mix of of player types uh, from the from the mature doubles leagues to the you know, the junior clinics and, and private lessons and everything in between. And so it, at those price points, the clubs felt they would be um, profitable on each court they have it on because at the end of the day, it's, you know, running a, a club or a program or operating as a private, as a, you know, independent teaching pro, it, it's very hard. Sure. And there's a, a lot of cost associated with it between equipment and facilities and court time and we're hiring other pros, and so to just add another cost to that, we didn't think was feasible, so we had to to create a product that could be sold at a price point that would be able to be upsold at a profit um, for the pros and the clubs. Other, otherwise, it just wasn't going to work. Like Their businesses are hard enough.
0: And something you told me when we were spending time together in Pennsylvania that I, I think is... Really critical and something that, again, I, I just was really impressed by the, the thoughtfulness behind it is you told me your goal from the start was to make it a profitable thing for clubs. In other words, you, know, you don't view this as uh, just another expense for the facility, but if, if used properly, you actually see this as a net gain for a club or facility financially. Is, is that right? And how do you see that actually p- playing out?
1: Yes, that's, yeah. so going back to, to pricing, and, and the other key is utilization, is that there is not every, as you know, not every court hour can be of the right type of person that is sort of maximally um, beneficial to use this. So you know, we, we've set this up so that if you're using it basically 30% of the time, a club could generate a you know, 50% or more gross profit per court so that that's how we we think of that's how we've tried to position it so acknowledging the reality of running a club and and you have you know not everyone is potentially eligible even though we'd like to get there as a good user of AccuTennis and also you have the reality of operation you've got you know people who've played doubles on the court every morning for the last 10 years and you can't just shuffle everyone around so just because the court's available twelve hours a day doesn't mean it's available twelve hours a day,
0: sure, awesome and what about on the yeah. uh the hardware side of things i I think it'd be easy for people to imagine a bunch of like big old school security camera style enclosures like all around the court <laughs> pointing pointing yeah. in towards the court what a on the hardware side of things, what does that look like? And do individuals or clubs have to pay for the the hardware as well?
1: No, it's a a lease because we want to continue to improve the product and provide the support and deliver improvements when they get there. So we are not forcing clubs to purchase a bunch of hardware that then becomes unusable um, and awesome. just sort of a sunk cost at the end. And, and we, we work with, we use low cost cameras that are very small and our intellectual property, um, which, is that, which is basically the, is our patent, it allows us to take sort of lower, very low cost cameras and apply our technique to it to get very high frame rates to get the accuracy needed to make the system usable. So that's how we've controlled costs. And hopefully, as you didn't notice, that everything is, that's installed around the court was housed in enclosures that match the surrounding. Yeah. So we're trying to also make this unobtrusive. So, so to your audience, there's actually 22 cameras that we employ, which sounds like a, like so many that there wouldn't even be room for players on the court. <laughs> But again <laughs> but again, the cameras are, are barely bigger than the size of the camera on your phone, and they're, most of them are contained in, um, in metal enclosures that are mounted to each half of the net posts. So there's four net post mounted enclosures that house 16 of the cameras, and they're thin rectangles painted the color of the net post. And then behind each baseline, are three cameras mounted sort of above the you know, above the curtain, and, and again in enclosures that match the the back wall that give you and those can and then and so those basically all blend in and the only thing we hope you see is the LED display that's two sided that's about six inches tall by 18 inches wide that sits above the net posts and, and gives you the visual feedback.
0: Yeah, I honestly and I listen I've been in media and you know I'm just kind of a tech gear nerd anyway, but um I'm pretty attuned to technology and how it's being implemented and, and used around me. I honestly at at first didn't realize where everything was. I I figured it out. I mean, I was you know, I was walking on the court looking for because I knew obviously why I was there. <laughs> but if had I not known why I was there, and that it was a special court. I honestly may not have realized what was was going on around that court. You you guys have done a, a really nice job of uh, of making it uh, not distracting and and un- unobtrusive.
1: Thank you. That's that was our intention. Because not everyone's comfortable necessarily totally in front of a camera. So if you keep them focused on the pro and in the, in the feedback aspect, you know they're more engaged and present and in the moment than looking at a bunch of um, yeah, large security cams <laughs> or, or some things that, that look like they're from 2001 Space Odyssey.
0: Yeah, there was is, there is nothing that looked like a camera uh, a- anywhere on the court. And so it, it almost kind of made it feel like a magical thing to look at the, the tablet and see an, an instant replay of the serve or the forehand that I just hit. Uh, it was a really cool experience.
1: Yeah, that's good. And and the other important aspect of the hardware is that the units are self-contained on the court, meaning the application exists locally. So you're not relying on the internet to use the live feedback system when you're at the club. And, I, and that's... Now, it is connected to the Internet because that's how you're able to see on your player profile later the the different video clips and stats. But many clubs, um, given the type of structure that tennis clubs are made out of and and that they're geographically a larger footprint, um, have trouble with Internet connectivity around the court. And so rather than fight that or ask clubs to make, you know, upfront CapEx, Capital expenditures, um, we can just work we create this self-contained system that as long as there's power to the facility that this system can work. we felt that was really really important
0: yeah, and not only that but it just made it incredibly fast the the fact that it was self contained and everything was just working on a local network instead of having to connect to the internet and then kind of redirect the data back to the tablet i was I was Kind of shocked at first at how immediate the the video clips yeah. were available uh, on the tablet, so that, that's a huge benefit to it as well, I think yeah
1: yeah, I think there's a couple of key pieces that will keep someone like a coach in particular using it, it and speed is you know up there at like number one or two because I think you know parents of juniors or adults taking lessons are. Are pretty sensitive to the when how time is being spent, and if yeah. if me as the player taking a lesson with you, I just want to chat you up, and and that's how I want to use my hour or ninety minutes or whatever. That's fine, but if I I see you fiddling around with your phone or a tablet, and I'm not hitting balls, totally, I'm you know you're you're wasting my time. So you know we think like log in the coach logging in to using the drill with the player. Know needs to happen in under 10 seconds, and we've and we've managed to do that in four taps. And then switching drills has to be equally as fast. So it again, we're really trying to focus on keeping the player hitting balls and getting feedback, and not like messing around with technology. And really want it to be seamless. And and if we can do that, which so far we have, you know, that makes it more likely for coaches to adopt it. Uh, because if you don't, it also feels like, you know, maybe there's other setup in in homework or unpaid time that the coach has to spend to get the speed up. And if that's the case, you know, that's that's a pretty big ask. You know, and, sure. And coaches are very, you know, sensitive to being asked to do a bunch of unpaid work. And so we tried <laughs> to please minimize that.
0: Absolutely. Well, congrats, Adam, on every, everything you've accomplished already, and I can't wait to hear how the the big launch goes. When is AccuTennis officially available? And by the way, everybody listening, you need to go check it out. Uh, more details and a lot of video clips and examples are at com. That's A-C-C-U and then Tennis T-E-N-N-I-S dot com When are you guys actually starting to make your first installations? Um, our first
1: scheduled Installations are the week of January 13th, and we have, and and until then, we have um, some live courts that have been generous in piloting us that we're happy to host you at. You know, specifically um, Doylestown Tennis Club, where you are at. So, if anyone's in the Middle States, Mid Atlantic regions, you know, we're happy to have you in for the afternoon.
0: Awesome. Very kind of you. Is there anything that we have not talked about that we haven't touched on that you think is really important for our listeners to know about?
1: I think for the listeners that are taking lessons or who may also do some coaching, the, the, the I want to focus on, again, ha- making this focused on the court experience and with with setting up drills and, and providing curriculum, you know, we do all that for you ahead of time. And I think that's a big important thing um, that makes using it a lot more quickly. So to have so to to only need to log in and have access to the drills that are relevant to the skill level of the player you're teaching is a big time saver and makes it much easier to just get into the flow of using the system.
0: And also I, I want to point out uh coach that we discussed this briefly when I, when we were together, coaches can also fill in, they don't have to use the pre loaded curriculum, correct? They can, they can fill in their own drills and their own sequences of shots and, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So we, we do that for you. So as part of setting the system up, we, go to the facility and, and sit down with the coaches and go through how they teach different players. And, and then we program in to the system. So when it comes time to go through the part of the training with them and hosting clinics at their club where it's actually live with the coaches and other players, like they can just log in and go. And, and even with the login, we made it you know, as easy as possible. So on the court, it's just a phone number, and that's it. So I tr- really can't emphasize enough how fast we're trying to make this for the players and the coaches.
0: Awesome. Anything else, Adam, that, uh, that we haven't touched on?
1: No, but looking forward to having you back in yeah. the Philly area soon. So we'll, we'll figure that out.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I had a really good time exploring all the different features and and just playing around with the with the system. As as I told you when when I was out there with you, I just I really have a passion for anything that's converging together, technology and, and tennis. I, I think the game in general has kind of been behind when it comes to adopting different different forms of, of technology, video analysis being one of them. So I, I love to see people like you working on making a holistic kind of solution to having more, I, I love the word accountability, more data, more uh, specificity and guidance and objectivity on, on the court. So uh, really respect and and uh, really admire what you guys are doing with AccuTennis, Adam. I, I wish you guys all the best. And um, looking forward to seeing how you guys uh, do as you, as you launch in January.
1: Sounds good. Um, thanks for your time. Love uh, loved the conversation.
0: Yeah, likewise. So, again, everybody go to AccuTennis.com. Check it out. And if anybody has any questions, Adam, what's the, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: You can call me and you can include my phone number in the notes or send me an email at Adam at com.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. For more free, game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world. Providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.